In this edition of Locked On Capitals, your Washington Capitals fall to the Minnesota Wild by a score of 4-2. to two. Let's talk about that game next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about your Washington Capitals as they fall to the Minnesota Wild uh, in a rough game, I got to say. At home, I thought that the Capitals were going to be able to come back in, in this game at certain points, but alas, it wasn't meant to be as they do fall by a score of 4-2. to two. And you know who took it the hardest out there seemed to be Charlie Lindgren. Even though he was screened on most of those goals out there, you could tell he felt pretty dejected. We'll talk about that. Then later in the show, we will talk about Alexi Protus and uh, how it looks like he's going to be getting an opportunity based on an injury. And then we'll also talk about just kind of the lines getting all shook up uh, and Nicholas Abe Kubel getting a promotion. But just to get it going here, your Washington Capitals do fall in a game that, you know, I thought was going to be, you know, a true momentum that the Capitals would have been able to ride off the momentum of the win against the Islanders. Uh, But it wasn't meant to be as their goalie Gustafson was really dialed in. Uh, It did appear towards the end of the game that he was injured, but uh, he was able to uh, fend off the Capitals and the Wild end up picking up the victory. Um, And then also... You know, towards the end, the Capitals pulled their goalie and uh, T.G. Oshie got kind of uh, stripped the puck off of him. And then it was a breakaway. Alex Ovechkin chased him down the ice, but he was able to to, to score the goal. And ultimately, that was the dagger that put uh, any hopes of the Capitals staging any sort of comeback. It was also a game that saw Tom Wilson and uh, Ryan Reeves reunited on the ice. And you could tell that Reeves wanted to fight Tom Wilson in the worst way. And I'm glad uh, that Tom Wilson didn't take the bait as we know he's coming back from that knee injury. And the last thing we need at this point is for him to re-injure himself or exacerbate that injury that he has with that knee just to fight up with some pretty much washed up uh, goon of the NHL. And let's face it, at the end of the day, that's all Ryan Reeves is as, at this point. He's the muscle of a team. Um, if he, you know, he goes to anywhere, like when he went to the Rangers, his last stop before here, they brought him there for muscle to be a deterrent, an intimidator. Um, so where he differs from Tom Wilson is Tom Wilson can actually score goals. Um, and it's interesting that Reeves has been in this league for some time, but Wilson is the more mature uh, between the two of them. It does appear as he took the high road and actually walked away from the fight, um, even though he was being taunted by uh, Reeves on the bench and, you know, kind of just really kind of laying into Wilson for not wanting to fight him. 
for me, I know I talk a lot about on the show about physicality, but picking your fights, you don't need to fight Ryan Reeves. That would have done nothing, you know, and it, it is all situational. If you get in a fight with someone, it should be an action reaction, not just because, hey, you're a fighter and I'm a fighter and we should fight. Those are stupid fights, and I think that those are some of the ones uh, that we should kind of do away with, not just fighting for fighting's sake. Uh, to kick things off against the Minnesota Wild, the Washington Capitals, who had quite a different look than they did just 24 hours ago, had control. Then after the second period, it was gone. And, you know, like I talked about, they got off to a good start, uh, I got to say, and I thought that the Capitals were going to do well. They did have that resurgence, that tenacity to get him back in that game against the Islanders, but that did not carry over uh, against this wild team. And Dean Evason, former assistant coach here, um, a former line mate of Craig Lachlan, um, just a really uh, determined team. And that's why they ended up picking up the victory at the end of the day and just giving credit where credit's due. I think that Minnesota, the Minnesota Wild played better. Uh, they screened um, the uh, the Charlie Lindgren out there. And that is ultimately um, why they were able to get all the goals. You know, if the goalie can't see the puck coming, it's really hard for them to, to make the stop. So what is the countermeasure to that would be the capital should have someone trying to clear those players away so that Charlie Lindgren can see when the puck is coming towards him. Because if he has players screening in front of him, see how I can hardly see you right now? Something could get thrown right at my face right now, and I'd never know because why? I can't see anything. If someone could only push stuff away, guess what? I'd probably be able to stop more of those pucks, right? So the same thing goes for that. You know, Charlie Lindgren, you know, um, towards the end of the game, he was sitting on the bench with his head down like this. And you could tell he felt really bad about the performance because... All of this season, he has done nothing but save the Caps butt game in and game out, and he wasn't able to do it tonight. And you could tell he really felt it, and I felt it for him too, because uh, if there's one thing you can say about Charlie Lindgren, he doesn't mail things in. He gives his best night in and night out, um, you know, and he doesn't take that, you know, that title of I'm a backup goalie and just kind of rest on his laurels. He goes out there and gives his level best every time he's out on the ice. And, uh, you know, that's the Capitals could have done things to help him out by clearing uh, players away so he'd have more. Uh, of a chance of stopping the puck because ultimately there's not a lot that he could do on most of those goals, I would say. Despite multi-point efforts from Ovechkin and Martin Faravari and goals from Faravari and Strom, three goals from Minnesota in the second period led to the 4-2 loss, writes Washington Hockey now. After taking a one to nothing lead and a rather strong start that saw the Capitals dominate in shots and offensive zone time in the second, they found themselves trailing 3-2 to two going into the final 20 minutes of regulation after being outscored 3-1 to one in that middle frame, which had been mainly beneficial for Washington up until that point in the season. So again, that was tonight, what that was about was Minnesota uh, Wild and their ability to overcome. It was their tenacity, their wanting to win the game. It overpowered the Capitals. Jared Spurgeon struck twice in the second. Wild Jonas Brodeen added one as the Wild took the lead heading into the third. Minnesota's goals all came in similar fashion. All point shots with players setting screens in front of Charlie Lindgren, like I spoke about, who hadn't faced too much rubber ahead of that second period where the Wild got back to taking control. 
And that was the book on it, wasn't it? Ultimately, um, was that, you know, all we got to do is screen Charlie Lindgren and they're going to be able to find the back of the net. And ultimately, that's what happened. While the Capitals would get back into the driver's seat and outshoot Minnesota, it wasn't enough as Washington couldn't come back, compete the comeback two nights in a row and fell four to two in regulation after an empty netter sealed the deal. So you were able to see production from Martin Ferrari out there. That was a good thing uh, to see him on the score sheet. Um, And he is just chipping in. He's a good two-way defenseman, I got to say. I mean, he's not a huge goal scorer, but to get that production from him and also Dylan Strom, two big, um, you know, um, things that propelled them in the right direction. It ultimately wasn't enough to take them over the top. But, uh, you know, there was some bright moments in the game. I do think, you know, Faravari was dialed in. And I also think that Dylan Strom played one heck of a game. It was just the little things um, that kind of turn into the big things, I guess. And what are those? It's like, like I talked about off the top, it's screening the goalie and no one clearing it away. That is, was the demise of the team. If you want to know why the Capitals lost, they outshot them. The reason they lost the game is because Charlie Lindgren was screened and couldn't see the puck that was getting shot at him and a report. That's it moving on. So that's my take on it. If that's one of the things that the capital should work on in practice, it would be clearing those guys away. And I know that's easier said than done when I'm watching it at home on television. But when you get to the level of NHL, you should know how to do that. And I think that uh, that is one of the things that the Capitals will have to work on going forward uh, if they want to have continued success in that regard. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about Alexi Protus uh, possibly getting another opportunity on this team. We'll talk about that next. Online.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Capitals game like the Capitals take on the Coyotes. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment, we are going to talk about some of the changes that were out on the Capitals and how it does appear that uh, Alexi Protus is going to be able to get his opportunity to draw back in as Nick Dowd was injured. And uh, it was one of the things that I've spoke about with the different guests on this show is I don't think that Alexi Protus was going to go down to Hershey for long. I just think that it was going to be an opportunity like this. You know, one person's loss is another guy's gain. In this case, it's Nick Dowd's loss is uh, Alexi Protus's gain. Alexi Protus is in the press box at Capital One Arena to watch the Capitals take on the Wild on Tuesday, and it appears he's been recalled from Hershey as the team preps for a three-game road swing out west. The recall doesn't bode well for Nick Dowd, who will be out for a bit, says Peter Laviolette, as he deals with a lower body injury he suffered in the opening minutes of Monday's win over the New York Islanders. 
And, you know, this isn't optimal, obviously, uh, because we know the huge role that Nick Dowd plays on the team on the fourth line with Hathaway and kind of a mix and match of other different players on that line with him. But uh, Nick Dowd is definitely a solid player on this team. And, um, you know, that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping for a speedy recovery because even though it is the fourth line, that line does see quite a bit of production. So we're hoping to have him back soon. Protus won a spot on the opening night roster after a stellar training camp and played 41 games this season, dishing 10 points before heading back to Hershey following Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson's return to play, writes Washington Hockey Now. With Protus on the roster, Washington gets another center to bring on the trip. The Capitals have four healthy centers, and Lars Eller drew back in with Dowd out on Tuesday as the team made some crazy lineup changes against the Minnesota Wild. Evgeny Kuznetsov is centering the fourth line against the Wild. So definitely a message being sent to Mr. Evgeny Kuznetsov that, hey, you got to step it up a little bit. This was kind of the writing on the walls for Anthony Mantha. He was relegated to the fourth line, and guess what? He was scratched for a couple games there. Subsequently, he was brought in, but then he was scratched again. So, you know, that's one of the things that... uh, you know, you got to play up to your potential. Otherwise, you're going to get scratched. But again, we hope for Nick Dowd nothing but the best. We hope uh, that it's a speedy recovery, but another great opportunity for Alexi Protus to prove to, you know, the coaches and, the, and the fellow players that he belongs on this team. I don't belong in Hershey. I belong on the big Washington Capitals team. And uh, I know that, you know, he's probably being called up. While Nick Dowd is out, however long that is, all Peter Laviolette said is for a bit. So they've kind of even taken the titles off of, you know, day to day or week to week, just a bit. Uh, so it is kind of a uh, an interesting posturing that Peter Laviolette has decided to take. But in any event, we do hope that he does make a speedy recovery as, as you know, like I talked about, he plays such a huge role on this team. And, uh, you know, the good thing for Lexi Protus is that he does get another one of these opportunities. He really showed up and played huge in the mini camps and the preseason that it, I'm really happy that he was able to, you know, he's going to be able to get another look on the big team. He's earned it. He's done. He's put his time in. And, uh, you know, the one thing, that we know about this Capitals team as they have faced a myriad of different injuries. So it was just a matter of time for a guy like him to draw back in uh, because you know that there's going to be a player that's injured, you know, and it's been, you know, nothing new all season. There's been guys in and out of the lineup, you know, with TJ Oshie and, and, you know, just Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson, there's always injury. So you know that there's always going to be an opportunity if you just kind of bide your time. Um, obviously, it's not under the best of circumstances, but that is what the situation is for right now. So just going forward, they are going on a road trip like they talked about. Um, so they do need you know that depth on the road because you don't know what it lies ahead, right? There could be other more potential injuries out on the road. And uh, it's easier to kind of, you know, if you can plan these things ahead, it's easier to have that guy out on the road with you than to be out, you know, playing the Coyotes or playing, you know, whatever the next team and then have to call them all the way from Hershey and fly them all the way out to wherever you're playing on that particular night. So 
Again, another good opportunity for Alexi Protus uh, to prove himself, to prove his worth, why he belongs on this big Capitals team. And uh, I think he's worth it. I think that he put his time in and uh, it'll be good, uh, a good testing ground for Alexi to see if he does have a spot on this team going forward. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about kind of the lineup changes, some interesting lines that were changed. There, I saw some promotions for Nicholas Abe-Kubel. Uh, you see Anthony Mantha scratched again. What does it all mean? We'll talk about that next. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next episode, or in this next segment here, we're going to talk about Anthony Mantha getting scratched for a third time. And ultimately, what does that mean? Just 24 hours after a crazy comeback, when the Washington Capitals returned to D.C. to take on the Wild and saw head coach Peter Laviolette make major tweaks to the lineup again with Nick Dowd out for a bit. Laviolette shook the lines up, moving Evgeny Kuznetsov down to the fourth line while putting Lars Eller and Nicholas Abe-Kubel back in the mix, with Eller taking on third-line center role and Abe-Kubel skating on the top line with Alex Ovechkin and Dylan Strom. My, how things have changed, especially for Nicholas Abe-Kubel, as if you can remember back, he was scratched for you know quite a few games there. Kubel was one of the players that was picked up from Toronto, and uh, he was kind of brought in, I think, to fill the void of a Tom Wilson type. As you saw in the game tonight, he threw down uh, because he felt like, you know, the guy kind of shoved him to the ground, and subsequently, Kubel took him on, and I think that, you know, he won that scrap, so... He does have that physicality in his skill set, but I think that he's evolved a little bit more. If we remember when Kubel first came here, he was suspended almost as soon as he got here. So I think he had to tone it down a little bit, but ultimately that's what they're looking for. But that's not all Abe Kubel brings to the lineup. He also is a good uh, skater. He's a good, um, he has a good shot and that kind of thing. So I do think that it was a good promotion for him. Ultimately, did it pay dividends? If you take a look at the box score, obviously not. They didn't get quite uh, the production that they were looking for. We wanted to make sure playing last night that we came back and we had speed on every line. We had physicality, Laviolette explained. Minnesota is a heavier team in the league. They have some guys that have a heavy game, so it kind of set up Kubel to come in for me. I just thought that it was his game. He's fast. He's physical. He's got uh, he's got in a scrap. Um, his line scored a goal. I thought he came in and had a positive impact on the game. So that's Peter Laviolette's assessment. Um, just from reading his what his thoughts are on the game, it sounds like he was pretty pleased, all things considered. Um, again, obviously, they didn't get the result that they were looking for. They lost the game, but you know, kind of like what I talked about off the top, primarily what it had to do with with the loss tonight was. Um, uh, Charlie Lindgren getting screened out there. If he was able to see the puck, I think that he was going to be able to stop the puck, but you know, you can't do it when you can't see it. And he tried to make the best of a bad situation, but a good promotion uh, for Nicholas Abe Kubel to kind of take on a bigger role. You know, how long will that be? Same goes for Lars Eller. Um, or is this just based on the fact that Minnesota is a heavier team in Peter Laviolette's words? The Capitals got goals from Martin Faravari and Strom, but ultimately fell 4-2 to two after surrendering three goals, all from the point with screens in front in the second period, like I talked about. So, 
When it came to Kuznetsov's role on the fourth line, Laviolette didn't want to call it a downgrade as he stressed the need to spread everything out following the first half of a back-to-back. And, you know, I don't think that Peter Laviolette would ultimately say that was the case, but the writing is on the walls, and you got to kind of read the tea leaves a little bit. As a fan of hockey, that's what it meant to me. He was just not crazy about Evgeny Kuznetsov's game. You look at Kuzi's minutes, it's kind of uh, wording that you want to use, but you got four balanced lines just to roll them because we played last night and wanted to make sure we had fresh bodies, Laviolette said. We were playing a team that didn't play last night and was going to be ready, and we wanted to make sure all lines were able to compete. Mantha drew back in for two games after sitting out uh, for back-to-back games last week, and he had four shots in each game while logging a lot of ice time at even strength. However, he couldn't find the score sheet, and there were some defensive struggles in other areas of his game that had to improve as also a bit quieter against the Islanders. So, when you take a look at Mantha, and it's a bit of an interesting case, and I've spoke about this on this podcast for quite some time, is just because a guy has a bigger frame doesn't mean that he's going to be a good fighter or he's going to be very physical. And I think that that kind of fits Anthony Mantha to a T. He is a bigger guy, but he's not intrinsically a tough guy. He's not going to be the guy that's going to drop the gloves and fight. Has he fought? Yes. And if you remember his fights this season... They looked a little clumsy. It looked kind of like a guy that was trying to play a role that didn't come natural to him. That's my assessment of it. So uh, I do think that Anthony Mantha will be on this team probably for the rest of the year unless they can find something, you know, a big trade, you know, and it's going to have to be a package trade because I spoke about this on the show. You're not going to get an Eric Carlson for uh, a Mantha trade. That's just not the how those things work. It would be... <laughs> It would be Anthony Mantha plus, 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 plus to get someone like that. So I don't see the Capitals making any big moves uh, this season unless there's some huge injury between now and the trade deadline. I think that ultimately the Capitals are pretty happy with who they have out on the ice. They have the net minding solidified. And all in all, I think they have um, the forward lines um, locked down for the most part. I guess if I would pick one thing, for the Capitals to have to solidify a little bit, it would be some depth defense. So if there is any moves between now and the trade deadline, I could see them moving, uh, you know, for a depth defenseman, considering that John Carlson is out of the lineup, probably going to be out the rest of the season, if not the lion's share of the season. So they could use some depth in case there's some injury or something like that. Gustafson has played well. He can't do it all. Same goes for Orloff and Van Riemsdyk and all these guys. They can only do so much. So if there's one area that I would kind of want to solidify a little bit, for me, it would be the blue line. Uh, But all in all, I think the Capitals lineup out there is pretty good. Caps are hoping for a big win. They're playing a Coyotes team that historically is not that great. So the odds do seem stacked in the Capitals' favor. The one thing the Capitals want to avoid is a trap game because oftentimes when you enter into games like that, uh, you can kind of rest back a little bit and then the Coyotes who are hungry uh, will take advantage and get the win. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Homie and I'll talk to you again next time.